Transitional Objects Miranda was scared. She clutched tightly to the Scooby-Doo stuffed animal that she carried everywhere. With her grandparents and her entire family on hand to celebrate the joyous occasion of her baptism, you can understand how a three-year-old might have felt a little intimidated to be the center of attention on this day. She held firm to her beloved Scooby-Doo as her source of safety and comfort. However, I knew that I was going to have a difficult time performing the rites of baptism with old Scooby-Doo in the way. Then I had an idea. I asked Miranda, what if I baptize Scooby-Doo first? Miranda thought about this for a minute, and then she slowly released her tight hold on the stuffed animal and held it up to me. I poured holy water over its forehead, which made Miranda smile. I was then able to proceed with Miranda's baptism. It was the first and the only time that I had baptized a stuffed animal. Incorporating it into the ceremony was a simple act that put Miranda at ease. Miranda had her Scooby-Doo, Linus, famously, his blanket, and Marcus, Marcus had his golf clubs. In psychology, we call these transitional objects. In the Peanuts cartoons, Charles Schultz popularized the term security blanket to describe the object that Linus Van Pelt was never without. Transitional objects are most often plush toys, soft blankets, or pieces of cloth that provide a child with a feeling of safety and well-being. They are a healthy part of a child's development and of our early emotional support system. Despite some who might view the need for a transitional object or comfort object as a weakness, they are in fact helpful in developing our sense of self. Most of us had them at some point in our lives. What was yours? Many kids come to Mercy Home lacking the stable foundation on which to construct a positive sense of self. I remember one young man, Marcus, who came to us from a chaotic home and who suffered from very poor self-esteem. He also struggled with staying focused in the classroom. He had great difficulty completing projects both at school and at home. He had poor communication with his parents and his siblings too, which made him feel even less confident and prevented him from fully developing the gifts that God had given to him. Yet to meet Marcus was to like him. His bright smile would easily light up a room. He had a kind and caring demeanor. In many ways, Marcus was like most adolescents that you and I know. He enjoyed reading, baseball, basketball, and gymnastics. Thankfully, he had a family who encouraged him to consider coming to live at Mercy Home, where he could work on his emotional and academic issues and focus on his life goals. Evident from the moment he entered the home, Marcus was a model youth for others and a natural-born leader. He eagerly encouraged his peers in program, and he allowed us to help him begin to build a stronger and independent identity that would serve him well throughout his life. While he was guarded and unsure before coming to Mercy Home, he soon began to open up to his therapist and to accept the encouragement and guidance of his school counselors. Once he began to let go of his doubts and fears and embrace our help, his outlook changed and he started to flourish. 
As in Christian baptism, he was, in a sense, reborn. Marcus learned many important lessons while he lived with us. He could do well in school if he worked at it and studied. He could have good social relationships with peers. He could acquire pride and self-reliance by working at a job. Marcus was also a playful adolescent who tested boundaries as much as any young person, maybe even a little bit more than others. I distinctly remember one night I walked past the cafeteria at the home. Though the doors were shut, I could see that some of the lights were on inside, and I heard noise coming from within. I walked in and turned on the overhead lights, and I was surprised to see Marcus and a friend doing something that I can scarcely believe to this day. Marcus's friend was holding a tube of strong glue in one hand and what looked like a piece of popcorn in the other. On closer inspection, I realized that it wasn't a piece of popcorn. It was Marcus's broken tooth. I also realized that I had stopped them before they could compound one bad mistake with a terrible one. Apparently, the two had been horsing around, as kids do. They wrestled. Marcus fell and broke one of his front teeth in half. Rather than reporting the injury to staff, the two decided to try their hand at cosmetic dentistry. I walked in as Marcus's friend was putting the glue onto the piece of the broken tooth with the intent of bonding it to the remaining tooth. In truth, it was one of the strangest and yet funniest things I've ever seen at Mercy Home. It was at once ridiculous and ingenious. Naturally, I contacted staff, and we immediately took Marcus to the emergency room and to a real dentist the next morning, where the tooth was successfully repaired. The incident provided an insight into the adolescent mind, to say the least. Kids will be kids, playful and creative. They often make questionable choices. However, if we're there for them, providing the right amount of structure and guidance, they will feel safe and confident enough to forge their own sense of self. They'll learn from their mistakes instead of being defined by them the rest of their lives. That's what Marcus did. He flourished at our home and progressed towards maturity and independence, one success and one mistake at a time. He graduated from high school and found steady employment. To this day, he visits Mercy Home and continues to succeed in life. So what does Marcus's story have to do with transitional objects? When Marcus was living with us, he helped out at a golf fundraiser for the home. Typical of Marcus, he was extraordinarily personable and welcoming to all of our guests. He talked openly with them about his experience at Mercy Home and won over everyone he met that day with his congenial nature. The event included a raffle for a set of golf clubs. The donor who won the raffle had been so impressed with Marcus that he decided to give the golf clubs to the young man rather than to keep them for himself. Marcus could not have been more elated to receive this gift. Truthfully, for months afterwards, Marcus carried that full set of clubs on his back everywhere he went, even around Mercy Home. The set of clubs acted as a transitional object for Marcus. They reminded him of all the safety and security that Mercy Home and our donors have brought into his life at long last. 
They reminded him of the place where he felt most safe and could be a bright, fun-loving adolescent and express his true self to others. They reminded him of his own giftedness, and they strengthened his self-esteem to the point where he was not only able to engage with adults, but also felt truly respected by them. The golf clubs meant the world to Marcus and helped him transition to an independent life after Mercy Home. In addition to his visits, I see Marcus now and again whenever I'm walking downtown, and I always ask him about the golf clubs. And when I do, Marcus beams, and a most wonderful smile widens across his face. It's in that smile that I see two perfectly healed, healthy front teeth.